Today's episode is presented by Clark's. Clark's story began almost 200 years ago when Cyrus and James Clark made a slipper from sheepskin. At the time, it was groundbreaking, a combination of invention and craftsmanship that's remained at the heart of what Clark's does. Now listen, when you're buying a shoe, what do you want? You want stylish and you want comfort. And that's what Clark's does best, okay? I have a pair of Clark's. And they look good. They make me look cool. Stylish shoe. Check number one. Check number two. It's like walking on a cloud. It's like walking on air. It's like you're not even wearing shoes. And isn't that what you want? You want to be walking around, clogging along with, with you know, these heavy things on your feet? No. You want light. You want comfort. And you want to look good. That's what Clark's does. And we're teaming up with Clark's and Podgo to bring you up to 30% off select items, including on the iconic Clark's Desert Boot, by going to podgo.co slash Clark's. That's podgo.co slash Clark's for up to 30% off on select items. You're going to look good. You're going to feel good. I promise. So does Clark's. But mainly me, I promise. But Clark's promises too. That's podgo.co slash Clark's. Culture Popped with Hunter Bishop. Arongo Productions Production. Hello and welcome to Culture Popped with Hunter Bishop. Um, Hunter, unfortunately, could not be here today, um, which is a shame because uh, this is the 50th episode of Culture Pop. Big event, big day. We're celebrating. This is our first ever a video podcast that we're doing just for the occasion. Um, we couldn't quite get the webcams to work the way we wanted, but uh, we're just going to roll with it. Um, anyway, Hunter, unfortunately, uh, at the last minute, he secured a uh, interview uh, with the uh, Duke and Duchess of uh, Lesotho. And uh, yeah, big expose on their royal family down there. It's going to be huge news. Uh, so he couldn't be here, but uh, we'll be your guest hosts. I am Matt, along with my co-guest host, Jonah. Say hello, Jonah. Hey. Hi. Hi. So excited. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, big day. Big day. 50th. 50th episodes. Okay. This is a middle-aged podcast now. Um, and for the special occasion, um, we will be celebrating with the absolute biggest episode, most important episode we've ever done, where we will be ranking all 13 old man Neeson action movies. That's right, we're ranking the Liam Neeson, the Liam Neeson action films. You're welcome. Wait, was my uh, mic muted? Did you hear me say hello? Yes, I responded to you. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if you're like, oh, he's not responding. So let me just uh, let me just continue on with the podcast as usual because you saw my mouth moving. So I was like, hello. Yeah, uh, bear with us. Jonah doesn't know much about uh, webcams or Zoom. Yeah, I'm I'm tech charted. Yeah, well, that's not uh, that's not a good term, but whatever. <laughs> uh, um. Anyway, yeah, but uh, before we get into Liam Neeson, um, not a lot uh, of news to discuss, but there is a few things. So Which as always, good. yeah, as always, it is time for...
fantastic song. So good, so good. So wonderful. Um, okay, uh, again, not a lot, just a few things um, that we'll just quickly go over. Uh, first off, uh, TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat-em-up in the style of the old Konami arcade games has been announced. They showed off a trailer, showed off some gameplay. It looks fantastic. Uh, there's no release date, but uh, they said it will be available for PC and consoles. You can wishlist it on Steam now. Um, yeah, this is excellent. Everybody's excited for this. And uh, yeah, if you hadn't heard about it, now you now you have. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. I actually do appreciate that because those games were fucking awesome back in the day. Yeah, this looks like a great successor to Turtles in Time. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Microsoft's purchase of Bethesda is official after they it's been approved. It's official. Uh, by, it's yeah, it's official. Uh, it's been approved by the SEC and the EU. And uh, so Bethesda is officially part of Microsoft. All the studios under Bethesda are part of Microsoft. And now a bunch of Bethesda games that were not on Game Pass already are on there now for uh, console and PC. Um, and of course, mobile through the cloud. And Phil Spencer said that future Bethesda games will be exclusive to platforms that have Game Pass. Um, so yes, that means future Bethesda games will be Xbox exclusive. Um, to the shock of nobody except dumb fanboys everywhere. Um, so like even next like whatever uh those skyrim games what are those called elder scrolls yes yeah. oh wow good for them yeah you're not gonna get that on playstation good for you get them. on pc or xbox or your phone through the cloud <laughs> Yo, which is great playing, uh, elder scrolls game uh on your phone that's pretty wild yeah um crazy times uh but yeah um <laughs> any any games that any like games that had um like deals for playstation so like death loop and stuff like they're keeping that which we knew and um games that are on their multi-platform like uh, elder scrolls online and fallout 76 uh those will continue to be supported um on other platforms as well. Obviously, they're not going to drop support, but future new Bethesda games, you're only going to get them wherever Game Pass is available. I mean, that kind of answers your question, right? Like, if yep. they were going to have those bigger games that have been established on both consoles, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll keep the new yeah. IPs for Xbox, but we'll splash out some of that. Well, I, that I, PlayStation money, you know? I think, well, I think this basically is it. It's, it's like new, just like, yeah, sure. All Dooms and all Wolfenstein's and old Elder Scrolls. Yeah, they you could get them on PlayStation. All the new ones, you can't. Just uh, like the the service games that are on there now, those will still be obviously supported and stuff. But basically, anything new that Bethesda makes after um, those uh, Deathloop and um, what's the other one, Ghostwire Tokyo, those two have exclusivity deals. Uh, after those, um, every new Bethesda game. Um, Game Pass only, so Xbox or PC or your phone. The greatest gaming purchase of my lifetime. It really is. I, I um, like, there's, it's like, oh, you know, every every day it seems like more and more games come on Game Pass, and I don't, I can't like advertise it enough because some people that I play with still don't have it, and then they're like, oh. 
you guys are playing this game, but uh, I don't want to play with you, but I don't have it. It's like, just get Game Pass, or Download off Game Pass. No, I don't have Game Pass. It's like you're spending 20 to 60 bucks on a game, and, you know, we might play it for a week, we might play it for a month or longer, you know? But yeah. with Game Pass, it's just fuck it. I love Game Pass. As a even as a guy who collects games, who's a physical collector, I still love Game Pass because it's like blockbuster to me. Where if I'm not sure about a game, I can play it for free on Game Pass, and then if I like it, great. I can wait for it to go on sale and then buy it, and then I save some money. Uh, anyway, and finally, um, uh, Kevin Feige has confirmed that some of the Marvel shows on Disney Plus are planning for at least two seasons. Um, he didn't say which ones, obviously, but uh, it's good to know that, that not every single one of these Disney plus Marvel shows will only be one season like WandaVision. Well, WandaVision's last episode was called Series Finale, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's not one of them. But um, Falcon Winter Soldier, maybe? Who knows? Loki, maybe? Who knows? Whatever other ones they have, who knows? I'm always, uh, well, Hawkeye's got Haley Steinfeld to keep Bishop, so I'm always a fan of Juan Haley uh, but anyway, that does it for hot takes. So let's just get right into the uh, the main action of the podcast, as you will, uh, where we will be ranking all thirteen Liam Neeson action movies. That's Can right. I just say I've never been more prepared for an episode of this podcast than I That's am. That's right. That's right. For the first time ever, Jonah took notes. Yeah. It got. I, I got a bit lazy towards the end, but you know what? That's what happens when you watch 13 movies is by the end of it. And now it was over a couple months period of time. But, yeah. you know, I'm a we've been preparing. We've been preparing for this for a long time. Both Matt and I are procrastinators. So yeah. did I leave movies until the last days? Bet your ass I did. Did I say but, I was going to watch them beforehand? Before, yeah. No, bad news is I... I uh, didn't watch them to the last days. Good news is they're fresh off the fresh off the dome. I got them. I got them fresh up here. I can't, you know, point in my head. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. So as we all know, um, Liam Neeson has been through a lot. They've taken his family members. They've taken his identity. They framed him for crimes, um, and they never learned not to mess with him. Um, and they and framed him for more crimes and. Yeah. for other crimes and then nobody nobody learns that you don't mess with Liam Neeson and uh, today uh, we are going to tell you um, the movies where they mess with him and he promptly kills them that you should watch and the ones in which they mess with him and he promptly kills them that you should uh, not watch or watch them all we don't care now Matt and I have both written down in an envelope what we think each other's number ones are. Now, I, yes. I didn't tell them that, but it's in, it's in an envelope in our head, okay? Yes, it's in a head envelope. Yeah. On uh, the envelope. A head envelope. Yeah. A envelope. A envelope. It's in the envelope. So, we will tell each other, and we can't bullshit what we uh, thought each other's number one were going to be. Because it's too hard to come up with a cumulative word. What's the word? Cumulative? 
that one. Um, we can't that word list because that's just too hard. So we just like Mario. We uh, we said fuck it, and uh, if we both have a certain movie as the same choice of ranking, then that's the definitive. Yeah, yeah. Ranking. That's definitive. If one of the movies, if it's the same ranking on both of our lists, then that's the definitive ranking for everybody's list in the world. So, yeah. for example, if we both rank Taken 1, the original Taken, we both rank that at number 3, then that means, since we both agreed upon, that means that's the definitive ranking and Taken must be every person in the world's third um, favorite Liam Neeson action movie. Everybody in the world must agree to that. It's definitive because we said so. But if we have Taken 2 at different spots on the list, then you know you can have Taken 2 wherever you want, but you must have Taken 1 at number 3 because it's definitive. We said so. <laughs> okay, who wants to, you want to and, go first? And if you don't, if you don't follow the definitive rankings, then there will be dire, dire consequences possibly probably not but better to be safe than sorry and just follow the follow the the rankings yeah yeah don't challenge me yeah don't challenge okay you want to go first or shall i go first i guess i'll go first since i'm pretty sure you already know what my 13 is uh my 13 the absolute worst of the worst is taken two yeah <laughs> why is that um well Listen, Taken 2 starts off well enough. Um, the family is a little bit uh, closer together than they were in Taken 1. Obviously, as you would after everything he went through in Taken 1, I would hope that they would be. Um, and then the action starts. And there's some great ideas here. I'm not going to lie. And, you know, maybe in a more capable director's hands, this would be much higher on the list. These would be good action scenes. Unfortunately, um, any good work that the stunt coordinators and the stuntmen and the and all of them any uh, any goodwill that they had any good work that they did is completely butchered by the fact that um the camera cuts in this movie um will induce seizures yeah that's actually on my notes is that the camera cuts actually gave me a seizure i actually had to go to the hospital for no i not actually but close to it like i actually was feeling my eyes start to hurt yeah. Which is a shame because I feel that there are some good action scenes in this movie um, that aren't good because of how many camera cuts there are. That if they were just like a steady camera shot filmed properly, they would be pretty good. Like but, camera cuts uh, per second. They're not. It's is like 15, swear to God. Yeah. It's the like CPI. a. CPS, it, I, it's like whoever was editing um, these sequences um, took an AR-15 to the uh, the film reel and just chopped it up, it shot word. it up. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's not much more I can say about Taken Two. It's 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 just the camera cuts are so bad, and it's just um, there's nothing particularly memorable in it. Um, which, again, maybe wouldn't be the case if it wasn't for the camera cuts, but it's just so poorly done. I mean, there's one car chase um, that, that uh, is pretty okay, um, but uh, it's just it's, – it, it, it's not enough to prop this up. Okay. I mean, that's a fair – that's definitely a fair choice. 
um, line number 13 is also taken to because uh, I fucking hated that movie. Um, uh, oh, good. Yeah. Taken to is the definitive worst Liam Neeson movie of Old Man Neeson 2008 prior and, and forward. Now, yes. th- this movie, the plot, now, there's always a revenge. You want to re- get revenge on Liam Neeson because he killed everybody in Taken 1. Um, but they choose like the the most obscure guy to get revenge on. So, like a middle guy. Not like the top guy that he killed in Taken 1. The middle guy. Mm-hmm. Which I don't have yeah. a problem with. Yeah, that's fine. It's just, what happened in the story, nothing happened. There was like two different sequences of, oh, I have to go, I, I got taken, I have to be rescued, I rescue myself, then someone, they go elsewhere, and then I have to rescue again. Um, there's never like, it's just, it's just shallow. Shallow as hell, ending's disappointing. I hated uh, the action sequences because the camera gave me seizures. Dude, it was the worst. It was the worst. It was the worst. I swear to God. Okay. Prepare yourself. If you're having a Liam Neeson movie fest, skip this one. Yeah. Um, someone's epileptic, skip this one. If especially you if you're epileptic. Especially. If you want a cohesive story that makes sense, um, skip this one. If you want characters that you give a shit about or you're, you hate, because like that, oh, that bad guy was, I hated that bad guy. He was such an asshole. Um, there's no, this, this movie has nothing for it. And yeah. It's not just a badly abusive movie, it's just a bad movie. It's so bad. It is so, it is so bad. So bad. The only way I would ever watch this movie again, voluntarily, is if um, it was specifically to uh, make fun of it while watching. Oh, yeah. Or, like, someone did that robot chicken shit where they, uh, put, like, that shit so my eyes can't close. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Clockwork Orange shit is what that is. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, 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 what, that's where Robot Chicken got it from. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay, on to number 12. The 12th worst Liam Neeson action movie is, ladies and gentlemen, you guessed it, Taken 3. Wow. Uh, t- Taken 3 suffers from the exact same problems as Taken 2. Uh, same director, which means um, the the editing is atrocious. Um, there's even more unnecessary camera cuts. I think if you've seen Taken 3, you know of the infamous uh, scene where there's about 30 camera cuts to watch Neeson hop a fence. He's literally he's running towards a fence. There's like 10 camera cuts. He grabs the fence. There's like another 10 camera cuts. And then we see him land on the other side of the fence. We don't even see him climb the fence and jump it. It just there's like thirty camera cuts. We never actually see him climb the fence. It's it's ridiculous. It's terrible. Nobody's actually taken in this movie. Um, his wife is murdered, and the blame is put on him. Um, who murdered her? You guessed it. The ex-husband. Um, on NBC. Yeah. Listen. Sh- yeah. Straight from Forensic Files. Um, listen. <laughs> this movie. The only reason. 
this movie, there's only two reasons this movie uh, is above Taken 2. Reason number one is Forrest Whitaker. Um, and reason number two is at the end of the movie, he uh, takes down a plane by drifting into the wheel. You're right. And that's cool. That's pretty awesome. Um, it's memorable. It's a memorable action set piece. Uh, and those are the movie's two redeeming features, which is two more redeeming features than Taken 2 has. That's why it is at number 13. Um, I mean 12. 12. So my number Taken 12. Two, two and three are so interchangeable. I can't remember what order I had them in. <laughs> my number 12 is Cold Pursuit. Yeah, Cold Pursuit. You know, um, I'm not getting any objections, which is good. I always am like, yes, you know, I hate that. I hate that. I'm not disappointed that. But uh, this movie is not as bad as Taken 3. I mean, it's worse than Taken 3, sorry. It's much worse than Taken 3. The right, because at least Taken 3 has some entertainment value to it, whereas this, which is all over the place, writing was cringy, atrocious. The jokes, it flat, the uh, the physical comedy shit hit flat, um, and the bad guy. I mean, this is out of any Liam Neeson movie, this is the worst bad guy in Liam Neeson. Um, he's not, not intimidating. He's not believably believable in his role. Which listen, it's just bad casting choice perhaps, but and but I just hated the bad guy and the whole story. Was so jambled all over the place. You know, it's not like, oh, how does he get here? It just he gets there. How does he find this out? Oh, it's this way. You know, in other movies, they 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 kind of um, cover their tracks by saying he's an ex-cop or an, or an ex-marine uh, or something. You know, in this movie, there's nothing. He's just a snowplow driver, but somehow he has all these skills more so than any of the policemen that have. I've been working with taking down these drug lords and shit. It just, I don't understand it. Um, it there's no explanation for it. And it's literally the worst take at trying to be like Quentin Tarantino, in my opinion. That's what the director is trying to do. He's trying to make it seem like, oh, look at we're doing Quentin Tarantino style. It was uh, brutally, brutal, not brutally, brutal for no reason. Um, yeah, I know his kid died, but his wife leaving for, for no reason. Um, there's nothing to give it. It's just such a terrible fucking all over the place. I feel like this is uh, as close to uh, Tommy Wiseau trying to make an action movie as, as we can get. That's it. Fuck full pursuit. Terrible. It almost was worse than, I almost ranked it worse than Taken 2. That's not bad. You and I are going to have some problems later. Oh, you liked it? You and I are going to have some problems later. That's all I'm going to say. You and I are going to have some problems later. Oh, God. Okay. God, I'm scared now.
listen, we're all allowed to have uh, opinions. I'll just give my opinion, okay? I look so sad. It's it's hard for me to look anything else. This is a sad cat. <laughs> oh, we weren't supposed to admit that we're cats. <laughs> huh? I thought we were supposed to, not supposed to admit that we're cats. Um, I mean, I'm not a cat. I'm a person. I mean, on on Zoom, I'm a cat because we're having some technical issues. Yeah. But we're really here. We're not a cat. We're not cats. We're really here. Um, please don't tell me that's number one. Listen, we're going to have some problems later. Okay. Anyway, number 11 is The Marksman. This is his newest film in which um, he plays a Texan um, who helps a, uh, a Mexican child um, escape from some bad men. Um, and um, there's, not, uh, there's not a ton of action in it, actually. You'd be surprised. Um, it's a, it's more of a road trip with him and this kid. And then there's the big big action set piece at the end where Liam Neeson does indeed prove that he is a marksman. A marksman <laughs> with a terrible Texan accent. Um, however, it is better than both Taken movies. But uh, other than that, there's not much to say about the marksman. Um, it's pretty unmemorable. But it's it's not as as egregiously bad as Taken Two and Three. Okay, my number eleven is Taken Three. Um, now the biggest thing that I came out of after watching this movie was the fact that you could have taken like it didn't have to be Taken Three. It, it could have been a a standalone movie all by itself. And even though it had the same director, which is why it's so low down the list, the story could have been good. Because it had all the Taken characters, had Brian Mills, all the Taken characters, I felt like it lowered what it could have been. Um, because there's other movies where he cares if he loves it, his wife or ex-wife or something, and he loves his child. Um, and they could have, they really could have done a standalone movie because this has nothing to do with the Taken series other than the fact it's Taken three characters. Yeah, this didn't need to be taken and at I all. Do have things. I bet you we would have thought differently if it was directed by someone else and and uh, didn't have uh, 25 camera cuts per second. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is your number 10, brother. Uh, my number 10 is the A-Team. Uh, this is a the film adaption of the classic 80s television series of the same name. Uh, this movie also stars Bradley Cooper, Quentin Rampage Jackson, and the guy from District 9. Uh, his name escapes me right now. I'm sure it'll come to me by the end of the podcast. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, it's kind of your standard run-of-the-mill big action blockbuster. Um, 
but um, it's a fun, fun, you know, fun time, disposable popcorn entertainment. Uh, there's some nice big action set pieces in there. Uh, the cast has good chemistry, uh, which is what you want. There's some nice banter between them. Uh, Liam Neeson is very good as, as Hannibal. Um, Bradley Cooper, charming as always. Uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson, um, not a terrible actor, surprisingly. Does quite well in this film. The other guy, um, also quite good. Name still escapes me. Um, yeah, this is just this is just a fun, a fun, a fun movie to watch. You know, um, you'll probably forget the whole plot by the time it's over, but um, you'll you'll have been entertained, and uh, that's more than we can say about the other movies below it. I mean, this this went from like trash to they're pretty good. Yeah, I really I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah i mean everything okay, yeah. i think everything on the list from this point on is 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 pretty good yeah um okay so my number 10 is the marksman for the exact same reason that game. there's nothing more that i can add other than okay i'll be seeing myself out thanks guys did you say a joke? I couldn't tell. You you cut out. No, no, I didn't say. I said I'm, I'll be I'll be seeing myself out because I said that's. I, I agree with everything you said about the marksman. Oh, oh! Usually when someone says I'll be seeing myself out, it's because they told a great joke, and uh, I was expecting you to have told a great joke that I was like, oh, I missed the joke because Zoom uh, fucked up. Uh, but then I remembered. Uh, wait a minute, that's Jonah. He doesn't tell great jokes. I've heard you laugh at a couple of things. All right. Well, if you have nothing to say about that, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us your uh, your number nine then? Um, number nine was uh, run all night. Really? Yeah. I just felt that um, it was boring. That was that's the worst thing a movie can be for. Um, I just, I mean, I, it was about like 40 minutes in. I'm like, has anything really happened besides, like, I think what happened at 40 minutes should have happened at 20 minutes in the movie, but it took 40 minutes to get there. And it felt like three hours by the time it was 40 minutes. Uh, the rest I just tuned out. I can't even remember the rest of the plot. It's just, I just can't even, I, I, um, it was it was one of the first movies I watched because it was it was like oh I enjoyed this uh, this director's other Liam Neeson movie um, so I'm gonna watch this one next and it's one of the first ones I watched and besides Joel Kinnaman aka Takashi Kovac uh, being in it and Ed Harris of course. this is the worst thing a movie can be. Wow. As soon as, as, soon as uh, Liam Neeson killed uh, the drug or uh, the drug Ed Harris's son, I said, uh, okay, maybe the movie's going to pick up from here. And uh, it does a little bit, but I just couldn't really concentrate on it. Maybe it just wasn't in a good mood that day. Uh, maybe I'll have to watch it again. But 
right now it's uh let's see bottom of the list because uh I got it. Well, my number nine is nonstop. Oh, okay. Nonstop. Liam Neeson on a plane. Uh, somebody get these motherfucking Liam Neesons off my mother. No, don't take him off the plane because he, he's a good guy and you want him on the plane. But the bad guys want you to think he's a bad guy. And that's what nonstop is about. And it's a pretty good movie up until the bad guys tell you what their motivation is. Um, and then uh, and then it's not so good because um, it's kind of dumb. But up until that point, you got a nice little mystery um, where anybody could be a suspect. There's a lot of plausibility in each of the uh, the cases. You got a nice nice supporting cast of characters on the plane. Uh, Julianne Moore uh, helps out a bit. Um, she's good as well. Um, it's uh, it's a nice kind of uh, at least the first two thirds of it are a nice kind of old school uh, Hitchcock style thriller. Um, then it falls apart in the last act. Um, and uh, there is another uh, old school Hitchcock style thriller of Liam Neeson on a type of transportation vehicle that is the same but better. And I can't put nonstop higher because it's good, but there's a better version of it. And the last act kills this movie. Okay. I'll talk about it when I get there. Um, yeah. My number eight is Walk Among the Tombs. Oh, A Walk Among the Tombs. So, um, I actually really enjoyed this movie. It's not typical Liam Neeson. Action, I'm going to get revenge. Action, kill you. You know, you think since he's an ex-cop turned private detective. He would just be like, "Oh, he's like, he was a badass cop." Yeah, this is a this is a a gritty film noir, and yeah. uh, I like it. Um, this is one of the ones where I got to uh, really, uh, you know, he's a he, he's a good actor. The only I'm not being racist; it's just because I didn't like him on X Factor, okay? And I don't like him as that's was, that's that's never a good way to start a sentence. I did like him on X Factor, and I didn't. I found him a bit annoying in the movie. It was Astro, aka TJ, in the movie. He was a bit annoying. Um, no, no, nothing more I have to say about him. Um, but other than that, I found that it very good. There's some slow parts, but I felt like everything was was uh, played out played out nicely. Um, of course, I had David Harbour, aka Hopper. From, he's not a good guy, but he plays the bad guy very well. And yeah, uh, this was this was before he was famous as Hopper, no, where no. he was just. This was when he was just one of those guys. Where you go, hey, I've seen yeah. that guy. <laughs> but yeah, so for the most part, I really enjoyed this film. Um, it was nothing where I'm like, oh yeah, you have to see a walk in tombstones, um, and it was a bit predictable, but. Most of the music films are predictable, you know, so I, uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I did enjoy it quite a bit. Okay. Not as much as seven other ones, but, you know, I'm ready. Listen, the middle of the pack in Liam Neeson movies are hard, okay? Yeah. Uh, my number eight is Honest Thief. Uh, this came out earlier this year. 
Uh, Liam Neeson plays a character who is a uh, a bank robber called the In and Out Bandit. Because, uh, by the way, this is a it's a great name for a, a bank robber. Uh, he's the In and Out Bandit because he's in and out. Nobody sees him. He's very quick. Uh, nobody gets hurt. He's he's in and out. No evidence. Nothing. Uh, and and uh, he meets a woman and decides that uh, he's going to uh, give it all up. He's going to return the money. He's going to turn himself in. That way, when he gets out of jail, he can have a normal life with his new wife. And then some dirty cops ruin it all. Uh, they kill one of the Terminators. Um, blame it on him. He, and he goes on the run um, from them. Um, from the police force that thinks he is guilty of murder. Um, although maybe one cop does believe him and helps him out. And uh, I just thought this was an enjoyable movie. Um, uh, I liked uh, I liked the cop, the good cop. I think, uh, I think the bad cops were good. Um, Captain Boomerang himself plays one of the, the bad guy cops. Uh, Jay Courtney, he uh, he hams it up a bit, but I think it works here. Yeah. Yeah, he he was good in this as just a complete unlikable scumbag, um, and his uh, the other guy, um, the other bad guy uh, cop, um, who who's partnered with him, but who kind of has doubts about doing what they're doing. He's good too, and I I enjoyed that element, and uh, um. I just thought this was a overall very entertaining movie um, with uh, enough likable characters to uh, keep me invested. Also, he blows up a house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My number seven is unknown. Oh, that's my seven too. Sweet. Okay, well, definitive. Surprised. Number seven <laughs> is definitively the uh, seventh. Seventh best uh, Liam Neeson movie is definitively unknown. Uh, now this is it's a great movie. It's a great mystery movie. Plot twist. Um, if you haven't seen any of these movies, you had besides maybe Honest Thief and and uh, The Marksman, you had a, you had enough time to see them. Um, the plot twist, which uh, you wake, well, first of all, the story is he uh, going to this convention as a doctor uh, with his wife. Uh, and he forgets a suitcase at the airport, so he takes a taxi back. And uh, some fucking guy tried to tie down, I can't remember what it was. And they go over uh, the side of the bridge into the water. He bangs his head on the car. He wakes up four days later in the hospital. Can't remember anything. Uh, turns out someone has stolen his identity. And his wife doesn't believe them, which is story. Um, um, Jonah! Uh, Said it twice. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm gonna have to beep that. I know. I'm, it's in my notes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you gotta take but, that word out of your vocabulary. Listen, there's a lot of words I gotta take out of my vocabulary. You're um, a public figure now. <laughs> uh, so it turns out uh, he's an assassin all along, and this plot twist I found worked really well. And I was actually genuinely surprised um, when this all figured out. I was like, oh shit. Um, I'm sure if I watched, watched it back, it would all make sense. Uh, the guy who took his identity was just a villain, just in case he talked about something. 
there's a couple of plot points that I didn't really understand. I'm not going to get into details, but the reason why it's a little bit lower on the list is because um, I won't say the final act, but the climax of the movie was a big disappointing. Um, other than trying exposure, uh, but there's just a couple things that you have to nitpick when it comes to the movie. And so nitpicking on the fact that the last fight scene wasn't that great. There was some action, but there wasn't a lot of action in the movie as much as some some movies. And the movies just have that action. It just has to uh, be good. I don't know. Anything to say? Um, Uh, No, I mean, you pretty much covered it all. Yeah, there's not a lot of action because it's more of a mystery thriller, you know. What happened to him? Why they steal his identity? You know all that. Uh, but it's 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 interesting, uh, and it, it keeps you it keeps you hooked, yeah. and it makes sense. The final reveal makes sense. Yeah. So I forgot to mention that the uh, the, re- the reason why uh, believes who his identity was when he was on his assassination mission. So that's so yeah. Basically, when he got bonked in the head, he woke up and thought that his cover was his actual life. Yeah. Yeah. Was that really his wife? No, that was his uh, assassin partner. And was she trying to stop it at the end? Um, yes, she was trying to stop the bomb, but not because she became a good person, because um, um, Liam Neeson ruined their assassination plan. And part of that plan was the explosion, um, but because Liam Neeson got everybody to evacuate the hotel, um, she realized, hey, they know it's us. So if the hotel goes off, if the bomb goes off, then uh, they're gonna, you know, our faces will be everywhere. So I'm gonna go turn off the bomb, uh, and then she utterly fails and blows up. Yeah, I think that whole thing where she's failing. I mean, you could easily—it's not like the mirrors. Uh, drilled into the wall or anything i don't think yeah so. uh, yeah she, the, the bomb is in the walls um but she and, and she has to like smash through the walls to get to it but she she doesn't smash through them all the way so she's got to like reach over um the thing with like like lady like just break more of the wall what are you doing <laughs> yeah, this is it's not like you're gonna die if it goes off or anything yeah like just break more of the wall like if liam neeson got in there you can get in there just like fucking break the wall yeah it was a bit stupid and i found that bit annoying but that's the little things that we have to nitpick when it comes down to middle of the pack yeah anyway uh, my number six is a walk among the tombstones Uh, i mean there's really not much more i can say about it that you didn't already talk about i just i gets i just liked it a little bit more than you did uh like we said this isn't really an action movie it's a it's a gritty uh, film noir uh, where he's a former cop, um, unlicensed uh, private detective, and he, he's uh, helping a uh, he's helping a drug dealer uh, track down uh, the men who kidnapped and murdered his wife. Um, there's a good cast in this, uh, as you said. David Harbor plays one of the bad guys. Uh, Dan Stevens um, plays the drug dealer he, who hires him. You may know him from. Eurovision or Beauty and the yeah. Beast. Of course, Eurovision, baby. <laughs> You've seen Eurovision. 
Yeah. You remember him in Eurovision? Yeah, he was the German. Was he German? I thought he was Russian. Russian, that's it. Yeah, because they don't yeah. like gays. He was definitely gay. Yeah, in the movie, he didn't like gays. In real life, I'm sure Dan Stevens no, no, is very Russians, tolerant of the gays. Russians don't like gays. Yeah, Russians don't like gays, and in the movie, he didn't like gays. But he was actually gay himself. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was trying to yeah. say. I'm sure in real life, Dan, Dan Stevens is very tolerant of the gays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, it, there's nothing really I can really add that you didn't say already. I just liked it more than you. I like this type of movie. I'm a fan of uh, detective noirs. Uh, we don't get too many of them, and this is a pretty good one. Also, there's there's one scene where he's being followed, um, and he knows he's being followed, so he goes into like a like a building, and he hides behind the door, and he waits for the guy to open the door so he can like punch him, and the guy just walks away. So he knocks on the door so the guy can come back, and then he punches through the glass window, <laughs> hits the guy in the face, and that's just amazing. I, I, I laughed when that. I laughed weird. when that happened. I hope that was supposed to happen, not like the guy fucked up, so he's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's what's supposed to happen, but th that's just funny to me. I laughed when that happened. That was amazing. Just like, okay, I'm being tailed, so I'm gonna duck in here, and when he comes in, I'll punch him in the face. And the guy doesn't come in here, so instead of just waiting for him to leave so you can get away, no, no, I'll knock on the door so I can fucking punch him through the glass <laughs> and hope and hope he doesn't die with a glass shard to the eye. Can I just say that um, in all these movies, I can never tell if he's like being Irish. I mean, there's one that uh, I can, there's a couple I can't name like, that I can tell that he's being Irish, but I can never tell if he's trying to do an American accent or not in any of these movies. Like in Taken, is he trying to be American? I mean, that's the thing, right? In most of these movies, he's not using his actual Irish accent, but it's not distinctly American either. It's like. <laughs> Right? Like, you hear him talk in real life, and it's like, he's got an Irish accent. But then you hear him talk in these movies, and it's like, well, that's not Irish, but that's definitely not American. I mean, it's I just, like... it's, it's the Liam Neeson accent. It's his own thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it, it is something, and I, I can never put my finger on it. It's like, is he supposed to be Irish? Because sometimes they'll refer to him as, like, in, it, like, they'll say, oh, you're an Irish bastard, or Oh, he comes from Ireland and he migrated to America or something. So yeah, we're trying to cover the tracks, but it's never like a full-on Irish accent. Oh, what, uh, one more thing I just want to mention uh, about A Walk Among the Tombstones is that his character's name is Matt, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that because uh, you'll notice later on the list. Um, okay, what was it? Number six. Number six. My number six is The Commuter. Ooh. Now, of course, I like this movie. This is one of the... I actually did the, This is the first movie on the list that I've mentioned that I've seen more than once now. I've never really been like... I've always been like, oh, Liam Neeson. I've seen... If I've seen one, I've seen them all. So, uh, but this is a great movie. If you haven't seen this movie, go see it. It's very fun. I love. I know if you're anything like me, you love playing along to feel who done it or you know what's going on. You try to figure out as you're going along, in for the twists and turns. I, I love a good plot twist. You know? Not M Night Shyamalan plot twists because those are all like either no. really good or really stupid. 
plot no. twists that plot twists to be good they have to make sense if if you have a plot twist and then you go oh yeah that makes sense good plot twist if you have a plot twist and you're like oh what wait a minute what huh not a good plot twist this is a good one plot of, twist one of the reasons i really enjoyed the plot twist in this movie i'm not gonna should i say it no, i'll let you say it if you want to say it. but what the plot twist that, is yeah should we reveal it i mean um, we've already revealed other things about the other movies yeah. there's something that the bad guy said that you you're like oh shit at the same time that like liam neeson's like oh shit and yeah so that, you're like oh shit now we're, it's like we're figuring it out too it's like a play along <laughs> I actually, I thought, I mean, like for a lot of the movie, I thought I had figured it out. I thought the bad guy was going to be one guy and they kind of made it look like that. Like, oh, they made it kind of predictable. That's going to be this guy. And then it was the other guy. And I was like, oh, they bamboozled me. Now watching it a second time, you can definitely, like the bad guy, you will let Matt say when he gets to here. Um, when you're listening to him earlier in the movie, he definitely sounds like a bad guy, and all the all the uh, the reasons why he's doing it, which is one of the reasons why it's a little bit not as high as I would have ranked it, uh, is because I still don't know what the whole conspiracy that they're trying to protect was. They never really explained it, unless I was missing something. Um, and I got I was like, oh, what? So what? It, like, there's this whole conspiracy going on, but I don't know what it is. Uh, is, are they supposed to say something about it, or did I miss something? Uh, that's that's the reason. Maybe Matt will tell me, because um, I am stupid. So, but it was very enjoyable. Plot just great. Action again. It's not the most action heavy movie, um, but there are some great fight sequences, and uh, Liam Neeson definitely. Also, Mike from uh, Better Call Saul and, and uh, that other one, that other ship, Breaking Bad. That's it. Yes, came before Better Call Saul. Yeah, and by Mike, I mean the character of the show. There's some people that I call by their actual names, and then somewhere I'm like, "Oh, what's their most famous character?" That's that's where I'm going. Okay, what do you got number five? My number five is the commuter. Okay, we're not that far off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, there's really nothing else I can add. This is a good one. This is a good uh, old school Hitchcocky and uh, you know uh, conspiracy thriller, little bit of action. Um, yeah, and it's just uh, it's very enjoyable. You got a great cast in here. Uh, Sam Neill, extra points. Oh yeah, I forgot Sam Neill. Fuck. Yeah. We we're gonna um, say that too because you, you're a big fan of Sam Neill. Oh, how could you not love Sam Neill? Jurassic Park. Or other things. Um, Peaky Blinders. Peaky fucking Blinders. Um, yeah, love Sam Neill. Um, I thought Sam Neill was the bad guy. Oh, did you? I did. I was like, oh, it's going to be Sam Neill. And then it wasn't Sam they, Neill. They I was like, oh, they, they do make it seem like it was Sam Neill. And I'm like, the first I saw Sam Neill, it's going to be Sam Neill. And it wasn't. They bamboozled me. But I appreciate the bamboozle. Um, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. Um, the twist, if I, I mean, I don't know if if you want me to explain their conspiracy to you on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I guess we we've, we've spoiled uh, we've spoiled uh, other things in the movie. Okay, well, basically, 
is that um, one of the passengers on the train uh, is a witness protection uh, witness um, who some very powerful people are trying to uh, make sure does not, um, you know, say what she saw. And so some, uh, some bad people, um, let's just say, um, I'll just spoil the whole thing. Uh, there's some dirty cops um, that uh, try to get her, her killed. No, I know, I know, I know this. Oh, what so what's confusing to you? Why did, why did they kill the city planner? They never really explained why they killed the city planner. Oh, true. So I was like, okay, so they killed the city planner. Probably something to do with that. Like a city and wanting to sit or like I don't know. I don't know what a killing a city plan could do. Um, but they never explain, oh, what why did they kill the city planner and what does this mysterious woman have to do with the cops and shit like that? I guess the mysterious woman uh, just works for the uh, the bad people who are uh, paying off the cops. Oh. That's that's yeah. how I took it. Yeah, but I still don't know what the conspiracy is. I guess just some bad people killed someone because they're bad people, let's just say, and they, they wanted to make sure that uh, the witness was silenced. Yeah. Yeah. But I still want to know what they killed again. Well, that's not really important to the movie. Yeah, that's why it's still upper echelon of the Korean uh, Well... Some things, movies don't have to explain everything, Jonah. No, I know. That's, I, I, listen, I have, I have to nip it, right? I guess. Okay, what are we on? Um, we are on, num well, that was my number five, so what's your number five? Um, honest Thief. Um, I watched this with the whole family, because... Like I said, you know what? Let's watch Honest Thief. And it, everything Matt said, true. I found this very enjoyable. Oh, it wasn't wow. any uh, over the head, wow, oh my God, plot twist. But I felt that guy played it very well. I felt incredibly bad when the, his partner, he killed his partner. That's right, he killed his partner. We're spoiling everything. Spoiler alert. Yes, because uh, as I said, his partner has some doubts, and Liam Neeson is able to flip him back onto the good side, and then uh, and then uh, Captain Boomerang kills him. And I was upset. I actually thought, oh, well, him and Liam Neeson had to have planned this, and he's wearing a vest, but he wasn't wearing a vest, and I was upset. Um, I just thought that there was great action sequences. Liam Neeson had classic Liam Neeson phone calls in this movie. Good, uh, yep. you know, a good Liam Neeson phone call. Is always signs of the um, and there was some. I felt like he was he was a bit wittier in this movie. Plus, the handler from Umbrella Academy, I knew I recognized him somewhere. Yeah, Kate Walsh um, is his uh, love interest, and you know, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed this movie a lot, and I was surprised that I enjoyed it this much um, because I thought they did everything with Liam Neeson, but uh, it turns out. He can do it more than just everything. He's Liam Neeson, goddammit. Yes, yeah. I really enjoyed this movie, too. Um, maybe if I ever reevaluated, I might put it higher, but... Uh... 
than it was on my list. But uh, as we said, it's very the the it's very difficult to rank the middle uh, rankings of Liam Neeson movies. I also wish they um, revealed Jack uh, Courtney's stunt that we got. That's that's just nitpick. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed this too. Um, I think I ranked it lower than some of the others because I saw the others more than once. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess I I I felt like. I, I, I didn't want to rank this higher because I thought, well, like maybe, you know, I did enjoy this, but if I rank it higher, maybe it's just because, like, did I really like this more or is it just because it's newer? Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe if we ever if we ever come back to this list, if he makes, you know, if he makes 13 more movies and we have to make a new list, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe I'll rank it a little higher. Who knows? R- rankings are subject to change, except for the definitive ones, like Unknown yeah. and Number 7. And Take the Two. And That's take it to last. We'll always be of last. All time. It will always be. I, I will actually. I hope it will always be last. I hope he doesn't make anything worse. Oh please! There's, unless that director somehow gets another <laughs> camera in his hands, which I'm sure they have allowed him to. But maybe he's like, you know what? Because I did notice in Taken Three there was a little bit less camera cuts than Taken Two, but there was still seizure-inducing camera cuts. Yeah. Terrible. So. Terrible. 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 Okay, what's your number um, five, uh, I did my number five. Oh, yeah. I can so say it again if you want. Yeah, say it. The Commuter is my number five. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. I say my number five? Um, yeah, Thief. you just did. Right. Honest Thief. Sorry. Yeah, we just uh, finished number five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, so number four. <laughs> number four. Uh, my number four is Run All Night. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to put this as your number one. No. That's what my head envelope was uh, saying. I'm asking for this number one. Oh, yeah. No, uh, my number my number four was Run All Night. I did not think this movie was boring. I thought it was very good. Uh, I thought uh, the uh, I thought him and uh, Joel Kinnam... How do you pronounce his last name? Is it Kinnaman? Kinnaman? Is it Kinnaman yeah. or Kinnanim? It's, it's spelled Kinnanim. Rick Flag. His name is Rick Flag from the Suicide yeah. Squad. Um, and he's an amazing. I love. I love. He's a great actor. He and is a great actor. He is, plays Liam Neeson's son in this. I think they have good chemistry. I like their relationship. Um, I like. Uh, I like um, Ed Ed Helms. Is uh, not Ed Helms. Ed Harris. Yeah, Ed Hel- if Ed Helms was in this movie, it'd be a much different movie. Ed Harris. <laughs> um, Ed Harris is fantastic, as always. Uh, um, I think he, if you're talking about great Liam Neeson phone calls, I think there's a great Liam Neeson phone call between him and Ed Harris. Um, yeah. Um, I think uh, I just, you know, I just thought I thought the action sequences in this movie were good. I thought the the plot um, was was it was simple, but it was it 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 it, it was all it needed to be, and, and it worked. Um, I liked. Um, there's a great uh, there's a great because as you said, um, um, Ed Harris as like the the mob the mob boss. Uh, his son gets killed. Liam Neeson kills his son, and um, I thought uh, I thought the uh, the reaction that him and his uh, his wife has was uh, was very good. It's not something you see in movies a lot, where it's like, oh, here, maybe feel bad for them, even though they're terrible people. Um, 
I just thought I this whole thought he was going to be like, ah, he was a fuck up anyway. So yeah, I, I, I thought, I thought, I just thought the whole movie had a, uh, a nice uh, road to perdition feel, but uh, with more action. I think, uh, I think the R rating uh, helped it out a bit um, to make, uh, to make the action uh, more visceral. Um, and uh, again, yeah, I I really liked the uh, the relationship between Liam Neeson and, and Rick Flag from the Suicide Squad. You know what? Listen, there was this. I think up until this point, from five till maybe even ten, I'll say nine, but maybe even ten. It's it's middle of the pack, and that's the hardest shit to write. You know your favorites. You know your least favorite. I the think everything. I think everything above Taken Two and Three is is pretty good. At yeah. at at the very least, everything above Taken Two and Three is bare minimum pretty good. So uh, everything above Taken Two and Three is worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Now uh, my number four is The Agent. Oh wow! Um, I I really love this movie. Like, I found it so entertaining. I like. It's I, a fun I, movie. I lol a lot. At, it's at a fun Murdoch. movie. Yeah, when, when he's spinning on the chopper blades. Oh, dude, that, when he did, there was one where he, uh, he was like, oh, do you know the Blue Man Group? And then he goes, and oh, it's like, I've seen the Blue Man Group, and I know the Blue Man Group. You don't have to know the Blue Man Group. It's a joke. I, I, you do. But yeah, uh, Liam Neeson looked great with gray hair, by the way. He did. Um, you know, he, he, maybe he should just let it go, because maybe he doesn't Maybe he's genetically uh, different than all of us. And doesn't Maybe. Um, you know, can I just point out that there's a scene in this movie where they're all in disguise? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like... This, okay, I, again, this is a nitpick. And I, I know I ranked this at number 10, but I still also really liked this movie. Like I said, it was really, really fun. Like, I forgot the whole plot by the time it was over, but I had a great time watching it. Um but there's a, a part where they have to, because they're on the run from the police, because it's the A team. Um, and there's a part where they're all in disguise, and Liam Neeson's in disguise because he used to have gray hair, and now he doesn't. Now he just looks like the Liam Neeson we all know. Uh, Rampage Jackson um, is in disguise as like a native, like African. He's in a daishiki. Um, looks like a giant banana. That's yeah, uh, not my Murdoch. Yeah, Murdoch is dressed as uh, a rabbi. And Bradley Cooper's disguise is that he's more attractive than he was in the last scene. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the kicker is uh, they fucked up the... Uh, the oh, yeah. Um, Murdoch and uh, Mr. T- uh, not Mr. T, uh, Rampage Jackson, they, they swapped fake passports. So um, Daishiki uh, man um, gives his passport to the board a guy and it's like oh you're a rabbi and then uh, rabbi murdoch gives his passport oh you're from south africa you speak swahili and yeah uh, and then he does and then he speaks swahili because murdoch is the greatest part of this movie which is shocking because i thought bradley cooper would be i know but i just wanted to comment how they all had actual disguises and bradley cooper was just like no i'm gonna look like me but hotter yeah bradley cooper I don't. I don't. I never watched the original Agent. Uh, maybe I had a little bit, but do you know? Um, 
the movie when when uh, when Murdoch is in the uh, yeah mental hospital, yeah, the movie they were watching was an episode of the A Team. That was the beginning of the A Team. The song, that's the oh, A Team really? song. Yeah, I that wasn't watched, that wasn't a real movie. I never watched an A Team, but I knew for some reason I knew that when the guy that got out of the uh, the uh, spray tan booth bed or whatever was uh, the guy who played. Bates, who was Bradley Cooper's character. So it's basically Bradley Cooper talking to the guy who played Bird as a split. So that guy is definitely Bradley Cooper's the original face. So, uh, and I searched up, it was. Yeah, I never watched the A Team either, but I, I obviously I know of, of it. Yeah. And I knew the I knew the song. That's how I knew that what they were watching was the A Team because the song <laughs> that was that was the A Team song. And so I'm like, oh, they're not watching a movie; they're watching the A Team. I'm like, that's a nice reference. Yeah, and uh, can I just say that uh, the guy who plays Murlock has an extremely strong South African accent. He does a great Southern American accent. Yeah, well, because he is South African, and. Y- Obviously, no, no, he, uh, obviously, obviously, he was South African because he was in District Nine, and all of South Africa was in that movie. Yeah, he's he was. I think he's like a good friend with the uh, the guy who directed. Yeah, he's in all of his movies. He's in Elysium, yeah. and uh, I think he's in Chappie, but I'm not sure because I never Chappie. watched it. He is Chappie. Yeah, he plays the voice of Chappie. And, oh. uh, I didn't know that because thankfully I never watched it. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. It was entertaining. Um. Yeah, that's a solid pick. I, I, I enjoy the A-team. You got number three. Where should I go? Uh, no, I believe it's my turn. You got number three. My number three is The Grey. I can't believe but you have it number one. I think this is your number one. We'll see. Um, what yeah, The Grey. I, I just think this is your number one because I don't think nonstop is your number one. I think it's the gray. And uh, it's a good choice if, if it was your number one. This is an excellent movie. Um, it, this is, I don't want to say it's Liam Neeson punching wolves because that's not the whole movie. Um, but I'm just going to say it's Liam Neeson versus some wolves. It, um, it's never, he never really actually. Yeah, no. Uh, basically, this is base. This is basically a survival thriller. It's not even an action movie. Liam Neeson and his team. I don't. I don't remember what they what they what they do for a living. Um, they were they were doing oil something. Yeah, oil. yeah, some, something like that. But they crash in in like the Arctic wilderness, in a in a plane crash, um, and basically uh, they try to survive while they're hunted by a pack of ravenous wolves who picks them off one by one. Um, and it's just a terrific, terrific, very gripping movie. Um, there's some some great uh, uh, survival uh, going on. There's some great interplay between all of them. Um, it, it, it's uh, it's just a ter- it's a really great movie, and it ends with Liam Neeson um, facing off against the alpha pack, uh, the alpha of the wolf pack. Um, after he, you know. He's, he, he's obviously the only one left, and he's got to take them on. And and what more do you want, Liam Neeson? It all builds up to this, and it's very satisfying. Or is it? No, it is. It's good. It's very well done. You know, my number three is also no, 
Um, it's nonstop. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, I feel like up until the reveal of what the bad guy's motivation was, which was, uh, we are spoiling everything. This is a spoiler heavy episode. Um, his father died in Idaho and he wanted security to be better on plane. So he was trying to, he was fucking with the, uh, the, mar- the air marshal, who was Liam Neeson. Um, and so they, they'll never forget this day. And security will, they, will, they can't just hire some schlub that doesn't give a shit about stuff. And uh, it, was, it, it was very disappointing. The, the final thought, up until that point, I, I thought that everything looked so well. Um, it tripped me. I thought that it was. Uh, I didn't think it wasn't who I thought it was going to be, which is good. And uh, Liam Neeson's last name is the same last name as my last in real life. So that's also why it's so high up. Not solely that, but I just love the whole uh, back and forth between the, uh, the, you know, the, what the terrorist was and Liam Neeson. I, uh, I think that throughout the movie, throughout the movie, you're wondering how does how is all this shit happening? What the fuck's going on? And as it's being revealed, and you it's got that same shit uh, thing as a community where it's like, oh shit, oh shit, and you just you're just like one after the other towards the end, and then when it finally clicks in, and then you hear what the guy's fucking saying, why he's doing it, I was like. But I, I still love the whole, um, and what he's doing um, to just prove a point. You take that away, you add a better fucking motive, and you have a, like a perfect suspense thriller uh, mystery movie. I don't know what that's I'm just having fun with being a cat. Yeah, if you're not watching this on video, which you don't have to. Yeah, if you're listening to the audio version of this, as you normally would, because we never do video versions, we're only doing a video version of this because it's the celebratory 50th episode. And um, look, if you turn your head like this, you can see the white. Look at me, imagine your fist. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, if there was probably a long silence there, but we were trying to make the cats kiss. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Um. What are, what are we on? Number, number two. two. My number two is taken. It's number one for a while. Yeah. Uh, this is definitively number two. Definitive number two. Yeah, so everybody in the world must also think this is the second best uh, Liam Neeson action movie. Uh, well, I mean, what can we say about Taken that, that people don't already know? This is, first of all, the phone call is quite possibly the greatest phone call in the history of cinema. Now, at um, first, I'm glad that I watched it again because I only knew I got a particular set of skills. And 
that Skittles is the that most... make me a nightmare for people like you. I didn't know what the rest of the lines were, but now I do. I'm glad. Oh, it's so it's so good. If you don't know that, everybody knows that line. Everybody knows it. I've got a particular set of skills. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it for a reason. And also the movie as a whole. This movie is so rewatchable. It is. It's so entertaining. Uh, the pace, it's so perfectly paced. Um, it's got the, the perfect act- elements of action. But it's also yeah. got this, the, the suspense, the mystery. Yes. Um, um, well, where he you know, figures out e- each part. And, and the action scenes are, are directed well. And they're good. They look good. The fights are good. Uh, the chases are good. Uh, the... Um, the action sequence in the construction site in particular is terrific. And, you know, he actually just other movies, I feel, have uh, labeled him as like, because Liam Neeson can't just be Liam Neeson action hero in every movie. So they always have to label, label him as, oh, he does this as an ex-cop, or he's this, as, oh, he's on a commuter train as an ex-army uh, guy, you know? So, I just got, or an ex-cop, he was on the army train. He was on the commuter uh, as an ex-cop, right? They always yeah. have to label him as something ex But in this, he just worked, he worked in, what is it, C- CIA? No one knows what he, what he was, CIA. Yeah, they don't, nobody knows like what exactly what he did. They never say exactly what he was doing in the CIA, just that he used to work for the CIA. Um, and that uh, that obviously caused a um, a rift in his family that led to him getting divorced. Um, but also because he was in the CIA, he's very overprotective of his daughter, and it turns out rightfully so. Um, Johnny, that's horrifying. What? <laughs> if you're watching this on video, I apologize. Yeah, on behalf of Jonah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he has a particular set of skills. Um, yeah, and his daughter doesn't listen to him. Shame on her. Shame I mean, on what her. What are the chances? What are the chances? Yeah, well, you know. You know, if they took also, anyone else's daughter, they their father wouldn't have a particular set of skills. That's true. But also, come on, like, even if your dad is a little overprotective, don't uh, don't go to a foreign country and the first thing you do be um, share a cab with a, a strange person you just met and let them see where you're living. Unless you plan to fuck them as soon as you get out of the cab, then maybe he wants a soldier, sex trafficking, or maybe yeah. he would have because it was that good. They really they could have titled this movie "Don't Talk to Strangers" the movie, yeah. and uh, it would have been great. No, but this movie is terrific. Yeah, what went so wrong from taking uh, changing directors? It, yeah, they changed saying, directors. Changed, saying, change, changing directors. And maybe the original director is like, "Hey, we have this idea for taking two, or we want to take two. He's like, "Fuck that!" And then they take it to this guy. He's like, "Here, we want to expand the take two universe." And he literally makes the worst fucking hostile two movies, Liam Neeson. And I guess they paid Liam Neeson a lot because. In between Taken and Taken 3, he did some of his best work, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened with the Taken movies, but uh, the first one is, uh, it's a modern classic. There's no other way for me to describe it. It's a modern classic. Um, 
of it's a modern classic action movie. And yeah, every everybody knows that speech for for a very good reason. I've got a very particular set of skills, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Yeah, and that's that's another where uh, thing where uh, can't tell is that an American accent or an Irish accent, or is this the Liam Neeson accent? It's just a Liam Neeson accent, and it doesn't matter because it's so fucking cool. <laughs> you know, um, we've gotten down to number one, and I know what your number one is, and maybe I know what I know what your number one is. Well, I, and I'm sorry that I bashed the shit out of it, and maybe it's yep. because it was the literal last movie I watched, and it was yesterday, and I was Liam Neeson, all Liam Neeson out of that. Maybe, and maybe I was just irritable. But it's I did watch it yesterday. I haven't been having the last great the last couple of days, so I could have been in a bad mood. Wasn't in the right headspace. I'm not going to make excuses. Um, I want to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, and maybe I can go back and watch it at the same time. And it can move up. And we'll do part two of this in 15 years. Yeah, when Liam Neeson makes his final action movie at the age of 90. Or however old he'll be in 15 years. <laughs> you have to watch twice as many movies and movies. He'll be 85, I think. Yeah. 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 One thing I wrote in one of the, my notes is that Liam Neeson does not age as an age. He doesn't. I think he reached a... I think once he hit 50, he stopped aging. Honestly. Like, he looks... I actually think he looks... In, in Taken, he doesn't look like your typical action star. Um, like I could never imagine Liam Neeson after watching Inception Free Love actually being like, "Yep, that guy's going to be an action star." Can you um, believe the guy from Schindler's List is a badass? No, you would never think that. No, and, you want here's a, here's a story too. Liam Neeson turned down the role of James Bond because he didn't want to be an action star. Biggest mistake of his life. He could have had only good action movies on his resume. And yeah, well, if he was James Bond, I mean, who knows what would happen? We could lost. Think him. about this though: if he was James Bond, there would be no Taken. That's true, or maybe they would be. Maybe they're like, okay, let's get the guy who plays James Bond. Actually, I don't know. Has Daniel Craig done other action movies? Well, Since being James Bond, mm -hmm. Cowboys and Aliens. Okay, that's it. Maybe they're like, okay, we need Liam Neeson. So obviously, this was his, I mean, this was Pierce, the start of his. his Pierce uh, Brosnan has done action movies since James Bond, but those were also old man action movies that also wouldn't have been a thing if it was not for Taken. Mm. So we would be living in a very different world. But maybe they're like, okay, we have to get Liam Neeson. Maybe they're like, okay, we can't get Liam Neeson because it's James Bond. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's that's that's fuck Marvel. What if Liam Neeson? What if? Yeah, man. It, it's crazy to think about all these different parallel multiverses <laughs> where you know where Liam Neeson's career went a different way. That's yeah, all I really want to know. Multiverses. Liam yeah, Neeson that, did accept. James yeah, that's all I want to know. When they figure out the multiverse, I just want to know what's Liam Neeson doing in each one. <laughs> I. I I think it's very funny where he's at now. Yeah. And back to the journey. Yeah, who wants to go first? Explain the uh, 
Uh, I guess I will go first. My number one is Cold Pursuit. As I said, we would have problems later because you completely trashed this movie. <laughs> you see any of where I was coming from? Um, everything you said about this movie is wrong. I just found it. My basic thing was uh, badly written and all of it. I thought. No, this Tell I me thought. Why it's not. Okay, I thought this was uh, the best written and best directed Liam Neeson old man <laughs> action movie. Um, I think every character in this movie could have a movie around them as the main character. This is a, a, a eclectic cast of characters. I think they're all fully fleshed out characters. I think uh, you said this was a bad imitation of a Tarantino movie. I think this is a very good imitation of a Coen Brothers movie. That's that's where I was getting confused at. Coen Brothers. Maybe it's, listen, I'm not a fan of Coen, the only Coen Brothers movie I like is No Country for Old Men. So maybe that's... I think that might be it, because I think this is a very good Fargo-style movie. Because maybe that's it, because I am not a fan of Cohen Brothers' work, and, like, I like The Big Lebowski, and I love No Country for Old Men, but every other movie I've seen from them, I'm not the biggest fan. So that could I mean, be I, it. That might be it, because this is very Fargo. Um mm. Uh, they live in, you know, the mountains of Colorado. Uh, he's a snowplow driver. They kill his kid. So, uh, well, yeah, they kill his kid. So he decides to to kill them. Um, I it, it's 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 um, it's very uh, it's it's full of black comedy. Um, every time someone dies, um, they show a uh, a graphic on screen. Um, of their lifespan, you know, like a like a tombstone. Now, I, 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 I did that... have a good chuckle when they showed it was. I was like, it was just a cross, right? And they showed, but then when the Jewish guy died. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch, um, because it. I think I think there's a point there about all the death that this caused, uh, like that's caused throughout this whole movie. Um, I think. You said that the, the, the main bad guy was terrible, which um, I completely disagree with. I thought he was a terrific uh, bad guy, um, completely unlikable, um, but also kind of hilarious. Um, I think this – I think – listen, if I'm – if there's a way for me to describe the bad guy of this movie, it's if MJF was a drug dealer. I just felt like he was trying to do his best Liam Neeson impression. Because I could hear his like English accent. I didn't. I didn't get that. Uh, I didn't get that impression at all. I thought he was a very uh, good um, antagonist. I liked um, the subplot where um, they the bad guys thought that it what you know they didn't know Liam Neeson was the one killing them all, so they thought it must be uh, the Native American uh, drug dealers, and it starts a, a gang war. There's more death, and some cops get involved, and there's a – again, it's all very Coen Brothers, very Fargo, black comedy, where um, everybody kind of dies, um, no lessons are learned, um, and, and you're laughing at it all. But I thought, um, I thought it was terrific. 
I thought it was a great uh, kind of subversion of the Liam Neeson action movie. Because um, you go into a Liam Neeson action movie thinking, oh, great, he's going to get revenge. He's going to kill all these people. It's going to be great. And then what you get is a, a excellent black comedy uh, full of great performances, um, interesting, interesting characters. Um, and I don't know what you were talking about, about uh, unfunny jokes. There's some, there's some excellent um, jokes in here, some great line deliveries. Uh, I particularly like the scene where the, uh, the, the native drug dealers uh, go to a ski lodge and they try to check in. And uh, the lady at the desk says, oh, we're all booked up. You, you need to have a reservation. And they're all like, excuse me, what did you just say? No, there's like some of that is hit or miss, right? Um, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I thought a lot of, a lot of the, uh, I, I think most of the, again, I guess you have to be a fan of this black, you have to be a fan of dark comedy, but I thought, I thought most of it hits. I mean, I just, listen, I, I thought, um, the one that really stood out to me was when they were lifting up his son and it was excessively long. I found it more cringy than funny. Um, like they're just pumping up his son. I'm pumping my leg. You can't tell right now because I'm just popping my head as a cat. I'm pumping my leg. Are you pumping your leg, Junior? No, I'm bobbing my head. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I mean, that, ex that would explain it, the whole Cohen Brothers thing. It definitely has massive inspiration. But, but hey, yeah, I, I, I thought there's, that, even, there's even a small town female cop who wants to do the right thing. So I um, I thought it, like, Bad Times at the El Royale was kind of Cohen Brothers inspired. Too. Bad Times at the El Royale was more Tarantino. Okay, that would make more sense. Yeah, this yeah, was Coen Brothers. Sometimes. If you if you dislike like if you dislike Fargo, then I guess you're not gonna like this, which makes sense. But uh, you completely trashed this movie. But uh, everything you said was wrong. Listen. So everything think, Joan everything Jonah said about Cold Pursuit, just think the opposite, and that's that's what this movie is. Unless you hate the Coen Brothers, in which case, then what he said is true. But most people don't hate the Coen Brothers, so everything I he said is is untrue. After Inside Lee and Davis. That was the worst two hours of my life. Um, I'm not sure. If you, have you seen Inside Lou and Davis? No. Yeah, don't. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you haven't figured it out, a power of deduction. Uh, Shame on you. Who? On me? No, on the audience if they haven't figured this out <laughs> by now. It's like, shame on you for trashing culture, too. And, hey, listen. I mean, shame I on knew, you for that as well. Listen, I, I, I feel bad. I knew that I, I was afraid that something like that was going to happen. Listen, you saved but, yourself by saying that you hate the Coen brothers. Because if you hate the Coen brothers, I completely understand. Okay. I don't hate them. I just dislike their movies. Well, then, yeah. If you don't like... Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like Coen brothers movies, I completely understand why you would not like Cold Pursuit. I get confused. I was like, oh, it seems very Tarantino-esque. Because... Asking. There's Cohen. Yeah. It's Cohen Yeah. That, if there's 
one if the the best way for me to describe cold pursuit is that it is a it is a coen brothers it's a liam neeson movie um by way of coen brothers um so a power deduction we figured out that the gray is my number one and i want to start off by saying that when i watched this movie i was so not looking forward to it i was like god this is gonna be Liam Neeson movie where they just I guess chased by wolves. I'm not into it. I, just, I want him to chase me down. Cheer up here. Um, so I was, was, I was, the movie was up against the wall. Um, the beginning. So I got that turtle, and it it climbed it past that shit at world record height because not only it was just the most personable I felt Liam Neeson's character was. Um. I felt like this was the best acting movie for Liam Neeson in his old man years. Obviously, I think that if you don't agree with that, then I think Do you agree with that or my. Um, it's definitely in the top three. <laughs> um, so I felt that the plane crash, the way that they did the plane crash, was very well done. Um, scared the, it actually scared the shit out of me. When he woke up, and or he was like there with his wife, and she was expanded. And the incredibly gory, the plane crash scene was well done. Um, the remnants of the plane was well done. The, the loss of life was well depicted. Um, and I felt like a lot of the characters survived were very different, but also definitely worked each other worked off each other in a certain way. And uh, the movie wasn't predictable. The only thing I can complain about the movie was the fact that goddamn these wolves are the weapons. Did you, like, I, I thought that once they, they had to jump off a cliff uh, using like this makeshift bungee type thing and then attached to a tree across the way. Um, and I thought after they jumped off the cliff that the wolves won't chase them. But maybe there were different wolves, I don't fucking know. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's the only thing that's like, these wolves are fucking relentless. Are they really like this in your life? I don't fucking know. I mean, you know, if there's one thing they taught us in film school, it's that sometimes you just have to let a movie be a movie. Yeah. Right? Um, sometimes you just have to accept that the movie's about the wolves chasing them down, so the wolves are going to keep chasing them down. Now, at the beginning of the movie, he's writing a letter to his wife. Now, first off, I have to say that why is he writing a letter to his wife? Uh, if they, it makes you think that they've been divorced, right? Um, if they got divorced, or she's left him because he's never home. I mean, listen, hey, Vincent wrote a letter to his wife. They no, weren't Vincent. divorced. No, I know, but that's an inside This joke. letter, let me just say, this, just for you listeners, or whatever, like, Vincent. Whatever they <laughs> wrote. Sorry, this I had to. Letter, I had to explain that to the listeners. No, I don't. Whatever they wrote this letter, whatever he, the paper he wrote this letter on, was the most durable piece of paper that is, has existed in all mankind. This shit has went through a uh, storm, went through being bitten by a fucking wolf and thrown against the fuck whatever it was, went through uh, rapids 
in the river. Did it get wet at all? Like a single it, time? It, he was he was fully submerged in a, in a river, like rapids. But and yeah, but the the letter was fine. Yeah. Maybe he laminated it. <laughs> He's somewhere fucking there. Um, there's great action sequences. Very suspenseful. Uh, what else? Nothing. It just didn't seem like it went on forever. I felt like it, it, it ended when it needed to end. It wasn't some of the, oh, uh, he made it back to civilization. Uh, everything's okay. Literally, he was the only one that survived. This this movie could have been called Lone Survivor Arctic Edition. Um, this movie could have been called Lone Survivor, but good. <laughs> Lone Survivor was based on a true story. This could have been based on a true story. I know. Uh, just, yeah, this was just it was just a very good tense survival movie. Every character felt in real. which they just happen to be being hunted by wolves. Yeah, every character that survived. Uh, you know, there was times where they got to tell their story and explain a little bit about themselves. And when they died, you cared about that because you got personable with them, and it was well done in a way where oh, he was telling a story about his his child and how his child loved this or something or. How he loved fucking all the women, and the last woman he fucked was a 240-pound whale. You know, sort of. That's not my worst his. Um, yeah, but just quite in the movie. Yeah. And so he didn't. He didn't want that to be his last fuck. Is what he was saying. And yeah, it was funny, but it also gave us some insight to the character he was. And although he was the biggest asshole in the movie, by the end of it, when he just gave up and that I can't do it anymore because he hurt his leg. You felt bad and you kind of wanted him to continue and push on. I mean, it, it takes a, it takes a well-written movie and well-done movie to do that, to make a character that you think is a fucking asshole. At the end of it, you're caring for him and you want him to survive. And in the end, you, you know, Lee Meeson goes through all the, all the wallets they collected from the dead passengers and his friends with the guys that were with him and then it turns out that his wife was actually like you see in these flashbacks where she was lying in a hostel bed on on the wheel. Actually I actually got choked up and it like the the ending, you don't know who survives or not, which I find really well done because you don't wanna you don't wanna sugarcoat it when he gets that. I feel like it's not that type of movie. Yeah, you... I I love the ending where it ends. He's the last one, and he's 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 <laughs> decided I'm just gonna fight this fucking pack of wolves. Yeah, he, and he uh, make he... he makes knuck he makes brass knucks out of fucking um, bottle shards or whatever. It's like he, he gets those you know the mini bottles you get in the hotel fridge. That yeah, cost fifty dollars a bottle. He, he uh, makes Wolverine. Claws yeah, he makes there. Wolverine <laughs> claws, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna fucking fight these wolves." And then he <laughs> fights the wolves, and then it's the it's the uh, the leader of the wolf pack, the biggest wolf, the alpha dog, um, stares stares him down. He puts his fists up, and the movie fucking ends. I think it's wonderful because that. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, thinking... there is there is a post credit scene. Oh, I didn't even notice it. Oh, you didn't see the post-credit scene? No, I didn't know it was fucking Marvel. 
Oh yeah, there's a post credit scene in the gray. Uh, it still doesn't show uh, whether he won or not. Oh, it's just him fighting the wolf. No, they don't. They again, they don't show the fight. They uh, again, the movie ends right before he fights the wolf, and then if you stay until after the credits, um, you'll see um, you'll see the wolf and him both lying on the ground. Um, and you don't know if uh, who's dead and who's alive or if they're both dead because, like, at least one of them is breathing. So, you know it was an epic fight, but uh, you don't you, – you still don't know what the outcome was. Not that the outcome matters. You know, I, I, I love the way it ended because I would have actually taken off points, and maybe taking would have been number one. I mean, if I thought what I thought was going to happen is the alpha wolf like hauled off basically all the wolves back, and I thought now the alpha is just going to be like, okay, you're all alone, you're vulnerable, we're just going to leave you alone. But no, they, he called them off because he wanted them for himself. They killed the Omega of the group uh, earlier in the movie. He wants a fucking piece of Liam Neeson. Yeah. Now, personally, I think that Liam Neeson won. Because he's Liam Neeson, he's but it, it's it's open for interpretation. Some people might think the wolf won. Some people might think they both killed each other, which is certainly possible. That's probably that's probably if the writers had an ending in mind, that's probably what it was. I think, but I think in my head, Liam Neeson won because he's Liam Neeson. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing is like they they could how do they know which? Actually, you know, you can tell what it's on. And, you know, how do they know they're going towards civilization because they were in like Alaska or something or, but, um, so. I guess they're just going off what they the survival skills they know maybe they're not can I say that um, Liam Neeson in both Cold Pursuit and The Grey held a rifle the same exact way to his mouth well, I guess that's just how Liam Neeson holds rifles to his mouth. Yeah. I mean, I've never, usually when you want to kill yourself, um, it's never with a rifle. You get it. Well, you, if that's the only thing you have. And maybe that's the way you kill yourself with the rifle, is that you lightly suck on the tip of the rifle with your lips. Like, you well, know, how you else? Go. You can't fit the whole thing all the way in your mouth. You'll <laughs> gag. I mean, it, you can keep going. Listen, hey, don't you don't want to. You don't want to deep throat the. Yeah, we shouldn't be joking about this. Don't kill yourself, people. Well, we might have agreed on some things, and some things we might have agreed on past. At least there's a reason for that. And you know, at, at the end of the day, we're still. Yeah, and at the end of the day, everything above Taken Two and Three is is pretty good and worth watching. Yeah, yeah. So the only reason I put Taken Three above Cold Pursuit was because yeah, and the only reason he put uh, Cold Pursuit below Taken Three is because he hates Coen Brothers movies, and Cold Pursuit is very reminiscent of Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. So, um, for the sake of um saying that everything above Taken Two and Three is pretty good and worth a watch, Cold Pursuit is above Taken Two and Three. Yeah, yeah. That director of Mate shall never hold a camera in his fucking hands ever again. For the sake of 
epileptic people all over the world. And even I, if I'm not. If you're, if you're not epileptic, taking two and three might give you epilepsy. Oh, I was, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I, I, we say this as, as humor, but God, I was close. I yeah, I, I, I felt like I was watching that uh, infamous episode of Pokemon that Even caused then, all the I seizures. Didn't get, I didn't feel as bad as I did watching it because it was multiple. It was all the action. And it, we didn't even mention the fact that every single time something happened in slow motion, I, th- I thought to myself, damn, the director really loves like an explosion would happen. The car would explode. And then it would explode like three times at 17 different angles, you know? Yeah, um, I, I, I don't believe that guy ever worked again, nor should he have. <laughs> you know, I don't want to yeah. wish anybody ill in their career and hope their career fails, but uh, I hope he found thing. a new. I hope he found a new career other than directing. I feel like all action movies should either be directed by John Wick director or uh, Extraction. Uh, or uh, Mission Impossible's director. Or Mission Impossible director because. Those yeah. are the uh, two of the two greatest modern uh, action uh, series, and yeah. one of the greatest modern, and at least one of the greatest in the 2010. Yeah, Extraction was great. Then you're good. Yeah, that's what um, I thought the marks, marksman was. Just like a shitty extraction. <laughs> kind of. Um, with less action. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you're going to direct action, especially in this day and age, uh, this is what I think. I think Taken 2 and 3 um, came out in that weird uh, post-Jason Bourne uh, era where it's like, okay, you know, we, we got to do the Jason Bourne thing. So, you know shaky cam quick cuts and they just went completely overboard because that was in that period where it's like there wasn't like a new popular action style yet i mean even like i did they make another one with matt damon like the modern one they did okay because that i remember because that one wasn't half bad one with jeremy renner and i love jeremy renner yeah the one with jeremy renner wasn't that good wasn't good um, but no, then they made another one, a newer one with, with uh, Matt Damon, which actually that one didn't have as many uh, shaky cam and quick cuts as the original trilogy did. Because when it came out, we were past that phase in action movies, and they smartly adapted, whereas Taken Listen. 2 and 3 did not. His name is Paul Greengrass, right? Yes. He's a great director. So. He is. He is. Um, anyway, that's it for our Liam Neeson uh, spectacular. Our 50th episode, Liam Neeson Spectacular. You know, this is the most I've uh, had to research anything in my life. So, Yeah, well, good for you. Um, shame, shame that uh, our first ever and probably only video podcast um, was marred by us not being able to figure out our webcams. Um, Until 100. 100, we will actually do our... Yeah. 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 100. If we make it that, if we make it that far, um, you can help us make it to a hundred by leaving a review, um, wherever you're listening to this, if where you're listening to this has reviews, 
give us a review if you like the podcast. Please, five-star review really helps. And if you absolutely hated it, um, we will accept a, a four-star review, and we won't hold that against you if you thought this was terrible. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, give us a like. Subscribe even. Because um, we, we do post the podcast on YouTube, audio only, but not this week. But next week it'll be audio only. But subscribe anyway. Um... Yeah, if you want to leave us a voice message, you can uh, click the link in the episode description. Um, it's right there at the bottom of the link, uh, at the bottom of the episode description. Click the link, take you to your page. You can leave us a voice message. Uh, I will put the link in the bottom of the YouTube description as well. Um, and excited to announce that uh, we also have a website now where you can also... Uh, uh, listen to new episodes, um, and uh, and uh, we write things now. We write posts. I'll right? start to write shit because I, yeah. I when I make a yeah when Jonah when we give Jonah access we haven't given Jonah access yet. I will be the Paul Tassie of uh, yeah Jonah's gonna Destiny stuff. Yeah. yeah Jonah's gonna be our Paul Tassie. He's gonna write ten Destiny articles every week. No, every day. <laughs> every day he just reads like Destiny all. Day. Yeah, all day. I'm a, a, I'm a fan of Paul Tess. I love Paul Tess. And there was a great swap this week that we didn't really discuss. Like, hey, yeah, well, follow the blog and you'll know all about the collab every week. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we have a website now. You can follow us there. It is uh, www.therongoblog.wordpress.com. Um, I'll leave a link to that in the episode description as well. So you can just click that. You can go there. Uh, yeah, so we'll write stuff. I wrote a, I wrote a game review on there. Um, we also have a dedicated section for um, ridiculous um, fake news um, because sometimes we like to be silly um, and don't want to just write about real things. Um, and, and podcasts. Joan, are you, are you trying to make the cat 3D? You can't see us if you're listening to the audio version, but we're trying to make the cat pop out of the screen. Maybe some yeah. guys just got like their computer or something on their chest and he fell asleep listening to the podcast and he woke up and now he's at the end of the podcast and we're just like, like Somebody this. has to be somebody has to be watching this like high as fuck and like actually think we're coming out of the screen. Or I'm really close up now. He's freaked the fuck out because I'm so close to the camera and you can see my beady cat eyes through my tiny cat mouth. And now he's anyway, turned off the podcast. Um, anyway, yeah. So uh, website, uh, podcast episodes will also go up on the website. You can subscribe there. Uh, you can subscribe to get uh, notified when uh, we post something new, whether it's an article or a uh, uh, podcast episode. Um uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RealMFresh. You can follow me on Instagram at Real underscore MFresh. Uh, you can follow me on uh, the uh, GG Game Tracker app at RealMFresh if you want to see all the games that I've been playing, have played, I'm currently playing, completely abandoned. What about you, Jonah? Oh, you can follow me at. Uh, should I even mention my Instagram anymore? I never post there. 
I think yeah. you should because I think one day people are going to start following you there, and then you'll have like a lot of followers but zero posts, and I think that's hilarious. Maybe when I lose weight, I'll start posting pictures. No, I don't think you should ever post anything on Instagram. No, okay. Ever, I think I'm. Yeah, I think you should amass a huge following on Instagram without ever posting anything, and you'll never post anything. If you want to <laughs> post a picture yourself, just do it on Twitter. Who gives a shit? So my Instagram and Twitter is Jonah is gracious. Um, yeah, that's that's it. I uh, yeah. post things. I yeah. see. I, I'm a, I'm a I suffer from the the fact where a lot of times when I get thoughts, it's a day late of when I should have actually posted it. So I'll post it anyway. Who who cares? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, you can follow Hunter, who is the actual host of this podcast. We're just filling in for him. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at the Hunter Bishop. It is the same on both. Again, this is his podcast, so um, that's where you're going to get any podcast news and updates. Uh, but again, he's a completely real person, so he also posts, you know, his thoughts and opinions. He's a very smart guy. He also has a couple of think pieces up on up on the blog. Very interesting. Uh, I recommend you read those. Um, but yeah, that, that does it for our 50th episode, Lean Meets Spectacular. Um, for 50 more, brother. Yeah, for 50 more. Um, um, hopefully, um, maybe by episode 100, Hunter will upgrade us to permanent co-hosts. <laughs> Yourself. Um, yeah, and maybe by episode 100, we'll have 13 more Lean Meets and action movies to watch. You think in 50 weeks? You can... I mean, he is he is Liam Neeson. Hey, here's an idea. Tom Cruise, best action movies of all time. Yes. I think I just came in my pants. <laughs> so if you want, listen, you got it. another 50 more, and then we'll get there. Okay, we have to make sure this podcast lasts for 50 more episodes so we can talk about all of Tom Cruise's action movies. Write that down so we, don't, so we don't forget. Should it be just Tom Cruise's action movies or like Tom Cruise movies? Oh, he's been in way too many movies. That'd be Tom okay. Cruise action. Okay, Tom Cruise action movies. No, but then we don't get to talk about Jerry Maguire. Okay, we'll include some of his most famous movies. But then like Rain Man is going to be like my number one. That's not fair. Uh, that's true. Um, uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it. <laughs> yeah, we have 50 episodes to figure out how our 100th episode Tom Cruise Spectacular is going to go. <laughs> yeah, every, every 50 episodes, we should just have a different action star spectacular. Yeah, Jana every... Reeves, spectacular and 150. Oh, I'm writing that down too. <laughs> this That's a great fucking idea. Every, every 50 episodes, it'll be a – every 50 episodes is a different actor spectacular. <laughs> Doesn't have to just doesn't even have to just be uh, action actors. Any actor. Yeah. Episode five hundred. Tommy Wiseau spectacular. <laughs> no, Go it won't be him. You. But okay. I love it. I love it. Anyway, uh, this is a discussion we should we should have off podcast. Yeah. Um, should be a but surprise. Yeah. But you guys yeah. won't remember in fifty minutes. Hopefully, yeah. we I do. mean. I mean, but they can always come back and listen to it. Who knows? Somebody could be listening to this when we're on week 99. They've just discovered the podcast and have binged it, and they're like, oh, that's the next episode. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Woohoo!
but this is the this is the only time we'll ever mention him on podcast. Yeah. So if you remember this, then good for you. Good for you. Thank you. And hopefully next time we won't be cats. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the one thing I can say is that our cats are better than the movie cats. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know how we're going to end this podcast, Jonah? Even better than our particular set of skills. You ready? Ready? Yeah. Ready? Celebratory cat kiss. Your culture has been popped by Hunter Bishop. This has been a Rongo Productions podcast.